Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Blood Round. It's time for Blood Round. Blood. Kevin grew up wrestling. Heavily invested. Tommy did the same, so they have similar perspectives. The knowledge is extensive. Go ahead and mail the questions. It's Blood Round. The best web wrestling presence. Collectively, they bless your ears each week with the podcast. Plus, they write, share, post, tweet. Not a place you can go to hear about a touchdown or field goal or home run. But you can hear about Blood Round. No jump shots, no puck stops, no fake kicks to the wrong rumble. Just high cross, front headlocks, and Jordan Bros with a blast double. So, so a mad guy. It ain't real wrestling. It's in a ring with no head, you're a single Single best show coming at you now. If you're skipping ever so, that means you tap down. Make sure you make weight, better shed a couple pounds. Throw a mat down. Listen, cause it's time for blood round. It's time for blood round now. 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 Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. To the Blood Round Wrestling Podcast, I'm Tommy Baranowski, Kevin Clonch in the house. What up? How goes it, buddy? Goes well, man. It's uh, it's getting, you know, we had a really nice weekend. It was like 70 degrees out and uh, had a bonfire outside with some friends and played outside with the kids and kids were outside raking leaves and doing stuff today. It, like, gotta, gotta enjoy it while we have it, so... Yeah, it's basically over as it storms right now. Yeah. Here comes the cold <laughs> front. So, um, you know, uh, I guess that's kind of good in a way. It feels more like wrestling season when it's not 75 out. So you know, maybe that's good. Exactly, but yes. Episode 307 coming at you. I'm Tommy Baranowski. That's Kevin Clonch. Blood Round on Twitter at Blood Round 1 on Instagram. Blood Round Wrestling on YouTube. Bloodround.com is the website. If you're listening on the go, check us out. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all those different places. Lots to get to. Uh, some business. Uh, oh, individually at KOATIG for me, at Clonchinator for Kevin. Um, and, uh, oh, and before I forget, uh, check me out on Matt Talk Online. I got to uh, be interviewed by the great Jason Bryant as part of International Podcast Day. He's been... So some of you caught that live, but if you didn't, he released the episode as part of um, his – he's been just releasing those every few days now. So uh, check that out at Matt Talk Online. Uh, and If you didn't get to listen to all 15 hours consecutively, right, he's broken right. them up individually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's helpful. Yeah, if you want to hear me in a uh, different light, a more reserved uh, just sort of – Talking podcasting. Like, there you go. Yeah, so uh, lots of um, 
Lots of fun. Always fun getting to talk to JB. Adidas Wrestling continues to support us. AdidasWrestling.com. You can always go there. Use the promo code BLOOD20. Gets you 20% off. Also helps out this podcast. I don't know. Did you bring shoes? I did. did. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, Combat Speeds, brother. Yeah, got to rock them. They're, you know, there's a reason why college programs use them. You know, they're good shoes. They're light on your feet. Like, a lot of these programs, like, you you get to kind of pick and choose what you're wearing, and you still see guys wearing a lot of the combat speeds because they're just, everybody knows what the feel's going to be like. They're they're easy to put on, uh, good grip, uh, good flexibility. So, combat speeds, tried and true for years and years and years. It would be, I feel like if we won the Mega Millions, we'd probably spend too much time going to wrestling programs and looking around and then just asking them why they choose those shoes. Oh, yeah, I would <laughs> add, that would be a huge project, yes. Like, that's this week's project. We're yeah. going to go to this practice on Monday, this practice on Tuesday, and it'd just be ridiculously Probably unproductive, but it w- would be fun It'd for be us. It would be a lot of fun, yeah. It turns out um, it's completely inconclusive. Uh, <laughs> the research we've done, we learned nothing. I always love those studies from some university. They got like a $100 million grant, and then they just eventually say something like, turns out people tend to go on vacation closer to them than farther away. Yes. And you're like... Or they go to restaurants that tend to be within 20 miles of their house rather than within 50 to 100 miles of their house. And you're like, holy shit, you spent $100 million to find that out, you dumbasses? Like, how many families could you have fed for that shit? And you're supposed to be these doctorates of psychology and geography yeah. and everything like that? Like, oh, it's just it's just insane. I always love the, the win probability shit. It's like... Oh, you mean when I'm up by more points with less time that I'm more likely to win? <laughs> Fucking sweet. Thanks for putting that graph together. <laughs> where, where did you get that information from? Yeah. The guys who developed the Coors Light cans that, yeah. <laughs> that tell you if it's cold or not? It's helpful. It's helpful. <laughs> not only have to use my eyes, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really hate the win probability stuff. Ever. Yeah, I, I do find it fa- – like, I find, like, a good statistic, like – um, pretty fascinating. Uh, like the Atlanta Falcons, I think this year were the uh, first team ever or whatever to blow more than 17 point leads in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Maybe it actually was the Detroit Lions. I'm not sure. It could it's, have been. It, it could one of the either. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both teams are dumpster fires. Uh, yeah. So some historically blown co- comebacks, but the graphic popping up during the game like they're a two percent chance to come back and it's like okay we're, we're well aware that being down 24 isn't a good thing right right <laughs> thanks cool you probably work on that i've watched the lions it's actually zero percent there's a zero percent <laughs> chance yeah it's a mess oh man so yeah adidaswrestling.com promo code blood 20 appreciate their love and support and you know, hey, I mean, depending on what state you are at right now, um, it's time to order those practice shoes. Start yeah. breaking them in for when you do get some matches. So uh, get on that, folks. Um, 
drinking some noteworthy wines. Uh, Kevin brought over a yeah. rosé and a Pinot Grigio because he, like a selfish lover, drank all the Cabernet Sauvignons. I, I lost count of how many bottles I had. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm of the impression that bottles are single servings, and uh, evidently they're not. So <laughs> They're not? No. Oh, Who wow. knew? Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll hook it up next time. I just ordered some more. But you can go there, and, and the cool thing about ordering a case or even half a case uh, is you can kind of mix and match at your own accord, right? So if you want a couple Cabernet Sauvignons, a couple Rosés, a couple Pinot Grigios, however you want to uh, – Set it up. You can do that. What was the website again? Uh, Noteworthy-wines.com. Awesome. And uh, promo code BloodRound gets you $20 off a case. Promo code BloodRoundHalf gets you $10 off a half case. So there you go. Awesome. I do have to say I'm not a big rosé guy, but I thought it was really good. And um, usually with – the non-red wines, usually if it's a white wine or a or a rosé or something along those lines, I have to put ice in it, water it down. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just like too sweet. And mm-hmm. like, I didn't have to with this. Like, yeah. it was good. It was a very, very good flavor. So, I'm not gonna go into the uh, legs and the notes and the. <laughs> That's not what we're here for. No. The nose. The, all the different terms and everything like that. I mean, my wife already mocked me for calling it a wine key earlier. I was like, <laughs> Kevin's going to be bringing wine over. Like, where's my wine key? She's like, who the fuck calls it a wine key? Like, well, us in the industry. Um, and then uh, our YouTube page has our old man tricks on there, brought to you by Easy Flex Mats. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a long winter. So, hey, get yourself a home mat. You uh, never know. I, I, it, if your kids are sent home or whatnot, uh, and you you can't get into practices, you're gonna still want to get some practice time in. Gonna have some mats. Got to drill something. Got to drill something. So we're going to go a little bit in reverse here. We have a guest we're gonna hop on with, and then we got some wrestling to preview this weekend. Some other stuff to stuff to get to. So we will uh, take a break here shortly, hop on with a guest, have some fun, and then we'll uh, come back with you for some more wrestling talk. All right, and we are very, very, very happy to have Mr. Joseph Jameson. Uh, He's the head coach at Ursinus College uh, over in Collegeville, Pennsylvania, Division III there. Uh, Wrestled at King's College in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and uh, going into his second season there. So, uh, welcome, Joe. How are you? I'm great, guys. It's, it's glad to be on the show. Yeah, man. I'm I'm pumped. It's it's funny, you know. Uh, I I failed to mention, and we'll we'll get into it here next. But uh, obviously, you'd spent a lot of time coaching with with Princeton and with Chris Ayers and uh, my buddy Marty, uh, who who wrestled there, and and Joe Dubuque and all the the people that we've uh, had a lot of fun connecting with and talking with their program and and the rise that they've had. But you were a big part of that too. So. We actually met in Philadelphia during NCAA's. Uh, God, I don't remember how many years ago that was. Maybe ten years ago or so. But yeah, I believe it was 2010. I think it was right. Yeah, or 2011. Something like that. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a good year. And, and, and you know, I'm gonna get to it now. I was gonna get to it near the end, but um, one of the things I asked Marty, I was like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm having Joe on the podcast today. I, I wanted to see kind of what 
you know, insight he had or, or just what he remembered about you as a coach, right, and some of the things that stood out. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, he uh, wrestling with, with was it Garrett Frey, am I saying it right, or Fry? Garrett Fry. Yeah. He's like, he'd come in there at 4.30 and wrestle with Garrett. And I was like, well, that's, you know, 4.30 is like, what, right before practice? And he was like, no, 4.30 a.m. and wrestle with Garrett. <laughs> And, like, get ready. but And then he would go teach a full day, and then he would come back and run, like, full practices and everything. And I was like, oh, so the man's, like, super dedicated and committed to, like, the athletes. Like, that's that's awesome. So I wanted to throw that out there as just one of the main things that, that stood out with, with Marty and his time co- uh, uh, being coached by you and working with you. Yeah, man. We, um, Gary and I used to get after it pretty early. It wasn't quite 4.30 in the morning, but it was pretty early. I think it was, uh, we used to get there at like 5.30. Cause, um, like I was teaching locally in uh, Lawrence Township, which is just south of Princeton. And, you know, for Gary and I to get some, some one-on-one sessions together, that was really the only time that I could do it. And of course he was game for it. So we would meet probably two, three times a week during the season, pretty early in the morning, like 5.30 and, we, we would get after it for, for about an hour. And then, um, of course, I, after that, I would go to work all day and then come back for practice in the afternoon. Well, and it's it's another thing to note there that Garrett was uh, uh, Coach Ayer's first NCAA qualifier, right? Right. And, and a lot of that yeah. has to do with a lot of the, the commitment to the to the athletes and then, you know, what you were willing to do to get in there that early and, and everything above and beyond kind of what I'm sure was – generally asked of or expected of a coach so wanted to make sure you got uh, a shout out for just you know hey you there's there's a reason you're in the position you're in right so um i guess let's let's get right there i mean this is your first season with with their sinus uh or excuse me your last season was your first season with their sinus this right. is going to your second one um you know you you took over a program that was run by bill racich for for 38 years he was uh you know a legend there and, and obviously ran the program for for decades so Talk about, you know, the responsibility and, and what got you excited to, to jump into an opportunity like that. Yeah, so, of course, you know, Coach was there for 38 years, right, over 500 wins. He's in the NCAA Hall of Fame, NWC Hall of Fame, and, you know, he is just this legend on campus. And not just from, like, an athletic standpoint, which, man, when he passed, it, it just rocked the entire community. It was homecoming weekend. And it was just, you know, from from what I gather, it, it was pretty rough. And I actually knew Coach for a long time. Like, he, he recruited me when I was in high school. Um, and her sinus was a place that I really liked. It was my number one choice. And I unfortunately got waitlisted. You know, I didn't get in. Uh-huh. And um, ended up at King's, which was a great – I had a great experience there. And, and, I, and I really enjoyed my time there. But I had, you know, like my – a good buddy of mine from college – who I wrestled with in high school. He, he, he was my high school wrestling partner. He went to Rosinus and, and wrestled there. My cousin went to Rosinus. And, you know, just over the years, I knew a couple people that, that went there. It was always in the back of my mind. And, um, you know, I remember telling my wife, you know, she's probably seven, eight years ago that, you know, Bill's been there a long time, over 30 years. He's going to have to retire at some point. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, you know, and there's not that many colleges in the area. Right. Like where where I live, there's, you know, there's Princeton, there's Ryder, TCNJ and like Galvan or Sinus, Pendrexel, but there's not a ton. So 
I knew that, you know, at some point you can only be an assistant coach for so long, right? You know, your job primarily besides recruiting is wrestling with, with, with the guys every day. Yep. And while I'm still able to do it, you know, I'm, I'm 41 now. It gets hard <laughs> doing that every <laughs> single day, especially when you're coaching on a D1 level. Like you're, And Princeton just kept getting better and better and better. You're bringing hammers in. Yeah. It gets it gets difficult. Like, I still remember the last time I wrestled with Jordan Lasser. I was like, I, I didn't think I was going to survive, <laughs> you know? You know? So, um, you know, and of course, nobody wanted this job to open up the way it did, obviously. Right. You know, he, he passed suddenly, and it was tragic, and it was, it was a couple of weeks before the season started. And then, um, so they had an interim coach, you know, throughout the season, and all the assistants kind of held everything together, and... Um, once the season ended, they, they decided to, to, to open the search and I was teaching in New Jersey and coaching with, uh, uh the Princeton wrestling club and coaching the middle school team there in, at, at the school I was at. And, um, you know, I, I saw it and just kind of ignored it for a while. And then my wife saw it up on the laptop. Um, and it, it was on like the NCAA site that they were hiring. And then she, she, she remembered me talking about it and she was like, so you can apply for this or what? And I was like, I guess, yeah, why not? So I threw my hat in the ring, and here we are. It's it really is awesome, you know. I mean, and, and to have it come come kind of full circle like that, where it was kind of at the forefront of your mind again. You know, it's 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 tragic how how it opened up, but you know, sometimes there's opportunities that happen, and and somebody's gonna get it right, and so. Yeah. Um, it's it's awesome that you were able to step in and and take over the program and. Uh, and do everything that you did, you know, and, and part of kind of reading through the bio and everything on her sinus and, and reading some of the things that, that the athletic director said about you and why they picked you was a lot of the success that you had at the D1 level, right? I mean, you were with Princeton and, and the coaching staff there for, I mean, shoot, we just said like 10 years ago was when we ran into each other in Philly because Marty yeah. was there, right? So it, you'd been with the program for a while and doing a lot of really good things. I mean, you know, we when we started off this podcast six years ago, we started kind of the the adopting a program thing, and even as recently as six years ago, Princeton was, you know, had just gotten. I think that was the year that uh, Brett Harner was an NCAA All American, and right. you know, it was really getting to be where they are now. And uh, and you were there for a lot of building that foundation up, right? Like I remember, I'm still in a fantasy football league with like Chris Erdman and. Uh, Michael Alvarez and a bunch of the guys from like 05, 06, and they were like, "Yeah, they've come a long way." <laughs> you know, like yeah, and even then, like we had some competitive teams, but they're, we're not even close to to the level there now. But those guys that 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 you mentioned, like Travis Erdman and you know Michael Alvarez, like, like those guys, man, they they were the ones that really bought in. Yeah. And brought this to where it is now. Like if we didn't have those teams that that brought us to a competitive level and were able to to go out there and get some big dual me wins and kind of put us on the map there a little bit, I'm like we would not be like 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 Princeton would not be where where they are right now. There had to be like a trajectory and a building block and those were the guys that kind of bought it. And and Alvarez was a guy who, you know, I think he came probably in Ayers' third year. And he, um, like, he got in on, like, he just applied to Princeton and got in and then contacted Ayers. Nice. And, yeah, and so he, he walked on the team, and he ended up being, like, a, a, a you know, a captain of the team and one of our go-to guys. You know, so we were really blessed to, to have a lot of the guys that we had that could really move that program forward. 
And watching, it had to be fascinating for you to see this development kind of almost like you could write a book at this point (laughs) where you saw Chris Ayers come into this program that just needed resurrecting so badly. And I, I imagine... It's it's oh it's always great to be positive and competitive and everything, but still you have to. Everyone has to be wondering like, is this guy serious? Does this guy have what it takes to to do this? And I mean, you probably saw it from pretty early on. Yeah, I mean, there, there was some dark days set early on, man. <laughs> like there were some there were some tough weekends. Like we still joke now. Like when I see him and we talk, we joke now about like we took this one road trip to Buffalo that was just we drove all the way up there for one match and just got slaughtered. And then had to and like but we were in like vans. So yeah. then we had to drive all the way back from Buffalo. Like, oh it was it was brutal. Um so we had some you know, we had some very, very tough weekends. But he like he he knew that the program could do something special. And it was just going to take time. And to be a part of that process was just an incredible experience for me. So, you know, I, I, I really got to, you know, learn from someone who knew how to build a program and knew how, how to build a winner. And so I can take a lot of those lessons and things that I've learned, not, not just from him too. Like there was other guys along the way, like Andy Lozier, you oh, know, yeah. who, I, who, who I got to work with, who's now at Davidson. Yep. Um, you know, he was fantastic, and now, of course, the Buke Gray and, and Nate are there. And, you know, they're just consistently now just turning out All-Americans. And to even be a part of that and just be able to interact with them and work with them and learn, for me, was was just, you know, it can't be replaced. Well, and I think one of the big things just, you know, through the years being able to talk with a lot of those guys is how – what I gather is just how collaborative the process is, right? Yep. Like, and how he and the rest of the coaching staff are, are more than happy to kind of work together. Everybody's on the same page and what where we want to get to and, and to come up with new ideas and, and thoughts. And, and, you know, I kind of joked. Uh, uh, he had... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just posted this thing about like how to watch these different technique videos in a certain sequence and how they all interact with each other. And I was just like, it's like a beautiful mind. Like, but, oh, yeah. But with yeah. wrestling technique, you know, so it's. Ayers loves a good system. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, no, it's very cool. And obviously, you know, a lot of that foundation of what we see now is what you were doing there right i mean i you were the head coach of the princeton wrestling club there um trying to get more youth involved and getting people involved in the community as well as executive director of the you know princeton olympic 
RTC, which is, you know, obviously we kind of all know now more as like the N- New Jersey RTC with the combination right. of Rutgers and everything. It, but, you know, you were a big part of, of establishing those and getting the, the community involved. So talk about kind of how you went about doing that. Yeah, so when, 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 when I started and when Ayers came in, so I was there the year before Ayers came in. Um, and then, you know, he came in and I was, uh, I, I was you know, blessed enough for him to keep me on staff. And, you know, there was already a, a youth um, program there. It, it was called PAWS, which was the Princeton Amateur Wrestling Society. Yep. And, and so that ran, but it was just an in-season only it was ran through the Princeton Rec Department, and um, you know, and, and it was great. It had like you know thirty kids in it, and they did a good job. Um, but when we, after a, a, a couple of years, you know, we really saw the opportunity to grow the sport more than you know more than was already there. You know, for 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 whatever reason, Mercer County, New Jersey, just was not very competitive at the high school level. There, you know, it's right next to Pennsylvania, and it's surrounded by all this great wrestling. And we have Princeton, Ryder, and TCNJ all within the county. But for whatever reason, when it came to statewide competition, they just it just wasn't getting done. They, they've only had one at the time, just one state champion in the history of the whole county. You know, so it just didn't make any sense to us. And so we had this idea to start an off-season club. Um, at Princeton, and we called it at first. We called it Paul's Elite, and um, we ran, you know, fall and, and spring sessions, and just really, basically, just running the series of clinics, you know, like twenty times every fall and every spring. Yeah. To really just try and build it up and build it up and build it up, and then eventually the youth kids started coming to that club, and so we it was kind of really growing this this community that was starting to rally around the Princeton University program. And we really started, you know, getting those two two to work together. It was funny that when we then started the RTC as kind of like a, a third part of the, of, um, it was like an umbrella that had like this, you know, three factions now with the elite program and the youth. And we started the RTC. We were calling it Paul's RTC at first and it just sounded ridiculous. <laughs> You know, and, you know, we would always have to explain to people what it was, and it just wasn't a recognizable name. So so, so then, um, you know, it's spending a lot of time now with, like, all the youth coaches. They became essentially part of our pro- part of our program, and then, yeah. so we all decided together, let's, let's rename this entire thing. So then Paul's became Princeton Wrestling Club, and then that's how the, you know, and that's where it is now with, with the PWC. And, of course, you know, we, we the – it works together now with with Rutgers and, and Scarlet Knights to form the NJRTC. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's one of the things that, like, again, I wanted to highlight. I mean, you, you were able to, to work at the, the forefront and the, be the foundation of a lot of, of what we see here, right? And, and obviously that's uh, translated well in, into getting the position with her sinus and everything there. One of the other things I wanted to mention, too, just, again, reading through your bio, it mentioned that at Cranberry School, uh, a place that you were were teaching at for a little while as well. Uh, you increased the participation of their middle school wrestling by over a quarter of the male student population there, right? So, like, you know, we were talking a little bit before this this started recording. Like, obviously, this is one of those sports where we need to 
get more youth participation and everything. So, like, for anybody listening who who's at that level and, and trying to just get people to come come out for the program, I mean, do you have any tips or tricks or ideas in, on how to get people excited about the sport or what to get involved with? Yeah, like, it's almost like so, – so I so, so I started teaching there, and I was teaching there for, for, for two years. And I worked with a guy uh, my first year. His name was Franklin Bobchin, who um, his son Alec now um, – he went to Princeton High School, wrestles at Ryder. Um, he did a uh, two-time place winner in, in Jersey. He and, and another dad, Pete Sockler, who's on the PWC board, um, they they both started a middle school program in Cranberry because they they didn't have anything. And, like, the, their, their kids wrestled locally, but when there was no middle school team, right? And it's a super small community, really small school. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking it's a K-8 to school, and it's got – a couple hundred kids like it's a really really small school yeah so when we talk about like a middle school team and the number of kids to draw from we're 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 talking like you know it's 200 kids total boys and girls right throughout the whole middle school it's really small and so um when i started started teaching there i i worked with franklin and you know it was there wasn't a ton of kids on the team uh, probably like when we, the year, um, before that, a couple of kids graduated, went to high school, you know, there was probably like, you know, seventh and eighth grade coming back, like five or six kids, Yeah, you know? And, and so I, I was teaching fifth grade. And so we like, and of course now it's a lot different. Whereas you as a dad in the community, I'm in the school all day. So I can go and talk to these kids. Right. And yeah. really like promote the sport and, and, and really just, you know, at that age, it's like you got to convince them that it's a cool thing to do, right? Yep. And 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 we're having a lot of fun, and then you start to build build a rapport with with these kids. Um, hey, this is something that you might want to check out. I you know I re- re- really enjoy doing this, and of course, since I'm in the school, I can then send emails to all the parents and hand out flyers and talk to kids and talk to parents, and and then you know, of course, our numbers just completely jumped up. Um, and so the and so the next year, um, I'll give my boy D Rod a shout. Uh, I worked with uh, Danny Rodriguez, uh, a friend of mine who lives in Cranberry. He was also was also like, his kids are in the school. It's great to have another local guy who loves wrestling. And um, you know, and and the two of us together, you know, we it it looked you know for like an actual team, you know, yeah, which yeah. was great because a couple of years before that, they 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 were struggling to even field field you know a team for practices and now we're entering you know the, the these tournaments and have an actual dual meets with like full teams so it, it was great um you know it, it was a lot of fun and i was really looking forward to, to building that even further but then of course their sinus job popped up and it was an opportunity i couldn't pass up i i always wonder like did the kids know how lucky they were to have that level of coaching? <laughs> like, was there any awareness around that? Because I, I just remember my middle school coach, and he was great, and I was like, this guy must be able to beat everybody in the world. You know, right. like, that was just my yeah. mentality. <laughs> but, you know, clearly he was not. But, yeah, like, did they know how lucky they were or just kind of I a mean, thing? It, and it's funny, too. Like, I could even say, like, oh, well, I went to this tournament and, you know, I was watching this match and they would just stare at me like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it wouldn't even matter. Even if I told them a like, hundred things. But, which I really got a lot out of, um, I started doing with the team, I started doing like, hey, let's, let's, let's do some film study. 
in the morning. So, so like twice a week, I made it optional, of course, but a lot of the kids started, started coming in early, like half an hour before school started. And I would throw up dual meets from like Big Ten Network or five matches on Flow or whatever. Yeah. And, and throw them up on like our scoreboard and, and they would have tons of questions and they were like, well, who's this guy and who's he wrestle for? And, and, it, and, and a lot of them really got into it. And, and it was it, it was fun to see, and then all of a sudden, I'm starting to get like emails from kids like, "Hey, coach, I'm watching the you know uh, Penn State Minnesota match on on Big Ten tonight." And I'm like, "That's great news." Well, that's that's fantastic, and also so Kevin and I coached at a program that was really starting from the bottom up as well, and I just I was fascinated at like how much it made me a better coach. I came from a school with a really good wrestling program and to teach from bare none basics. None of these kids were youth wrestlers. None of that. You were, you're explaining the whole world to them and having to really go into the in- intricacies to explain everything to them quickly. Cause otherwise they'll just do everything wrong or they'll make that right. one wrong turn where they pull the guy on top of them or something along those lines like reach back headlock <laughs> you know yeah. just just like something crazy but but even just just to run a half or to finish a shot or run the pipe or whatever like that and just like the little things of like no you have to keep your feet moving there or you have to do that did that actually make you a better coach at the college level too oh it absolutely did because they, like you need to take a couple steps back now you know so i you know of course i went you know i, I started my career coaching middle school um you know when i first started teaching and then went to princeton and of course i was at princeton the whole time but at the same time while i'm at princeton i was coaching you know the high school elite club and, and helping out with with the youth program so i was like bouncing like all over the place you know really trying to just get more and more involved as much as i possibly can and but i was never with those youth practice and you know the a lot of time, like the program for for the elite program that that we started at Princeton for like the high school kids, they they were more or less clinics, right? Yeah. I mean, like we would you know teach a, we would teach a lot, which was helpful, but we weren't actually running like a middle like a a youth program, yeah, which is a lot different, you know. So I had to like really take like a step back and really really think about you know why I was doing this. Okay, what's my first step here? Where am I going to go next? Why am I doing this? And I think actually, too, not only did did it make me a much better coach, but having a teaching, you know, background as a career really helped me with that because I really got to break it down like bare bones because there was no youth wrestling in that town either. So 95% of the kids that came to me in sixth grade to wrestle had no experience. Yeah, just just – Blank slate. All right, let's see what we got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and and the way I felt like if I could get like eight kids per grade, I was pretty excited about it. Nice, nice. No, that's that's awesome. And you know, again, it's it's a testament to what you're able to do. To and and your enthusiasm is what really stands out to me. You know, and I, and I think it, it's it's easy. You know, if you're listening to this interview, right, like to find out why people would want to get more involved in that school and want to get more involved in the sport. I love the, the, the fact that you're showing videos of like high level matches, you know, college level matches. Cause that's one of the things I've always said, like since, you know, flow and track and some of these other, or simply just YouTube watching high level matches is can sometimes be like the best education for somebody who 
doesn't know what to what they're doing in a certain situation, right? Like absolutely, yeah. Like the first res- that, like I didn't start wrestling until I was in seventh grade. Yeah. Um, you know where I where I grew up in Philadelphia, we didn't there. You know there there's a a good wrestling program now, but at the time it didn't exist there. Yeah. And then when I moved in, in the suburbs, I started wrestling in seventh grade, and the first wrestling match I ever saw, I was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, so I literally had no idea what to expect. Like, yeah, you know, so to even these guys now, just, just to be able to sit down and just watch it is just a huge advantage. I, I remember being kind of bummed too. Like, I remember wanting to watch it in high school, and not like it just wasn't yeah. on anywhere. Like, if it was on, I like I, we we recorded the 2003 NCAA championships. I had it on VHS. And I would just watch it over and over and over again because I was like, these guys are good and this is awesome and like, what can I take from this? So anyway. yeah, and like you're watching like the ESPN tape delay where like where where like they'll pick up, you know, like a match in the second period. And oh like, yeah, what happened to the first period? Yeah, exactly. Cool. I get to watch writing for a minute and a half and then yeah, <laughs> people fight in the edge of the mat. Um, so yeah, your first season with Ursinus, nine and three last year. Um, you know, I, I wanted to get into you know what what are some of the main takeaways you got from being, you know, the head coach of the program for the first year. It's it's funny that, like, you know, as an assistant for as long as I was, and, of course, you know, my voice was always heard and everything, but now it's like, man, these decisions come down to me now, right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I just – you start to view things through a much different lens, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm the one who is really – mapping out all, 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 all of their training and and really, you know, having to take a look at every single little detail. Whereas before I just had, you know, just one, one little job to do or two, two, two little jobs to focus on or I'm wrestling in practice this day. Now I need to have eyes everywhere. And, of course, part of that, and, and don't get me wrong, I have awesome assistants. And I'm blessed to have the guys that, that I have. But I'm the only, I'm, I'm the only full-time coach. So – so I have my eyes and hands into a lot of different things here and just making sure that things are operating the way I think that they should be and that, you know, I'm also not overloading my assistants because they have, they have full-time jobs. Like they have lives right. to live and they have other things to do. You know what I mean? Um, and they got families. And so – and just making sure that they have everything that, that they need to be successful and because in turn it's just going to help everybody. Um, but with that being said, too, I'm also the first head time, the first full time head coach in the program's history. So, you know, a lot of the things that I began to implement with these guys on the team, it was it was a lot of it was new for them, and right. so we really had to like work together here to 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 make sure that they they understood why I was implementing all, all the things that that I was doing because it was a lot different for them too to have somebody around all day in the office all day and they can just come and chill and talk and watch film and, you know, during the season go into the room at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday with, with a coach and because of those opportunities just, just, just didn't exist for, for them before. Right. Well, and, and, and yeah, that, I guess that's not something I didn't even consider before, right? Because, I, A, I didn't know it, but but being yeah. like, yeah, that, that's got to be a huge you know, uh, adjustment, right? I mean, you're already adjusting to a, a new coach, but also like now you have more opportunities to, to get better and to figure out new ways to be successful. Yeah. And we, um, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I basically like adopted the way Princeton runs a lot of their, um, 
it, I mean, it, it, it's proven to work, right? Right. And and I was involved in a system that they developed, so I adopted a lot of that, um, and just you know, and 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 made adjustments here and there where I felt was was going to benefit our guys. But um, you know, a, a lot of it is new for 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 the guys and, and for the team. So you know, we had to make sure. So there, there there's a lot of pushing and pulling going on um, initially. And just making sure that we would find that right fit. But then once the team really said, and, and, you know, I was also really, really fortunate to have two really, really good leaders on the team that, that were seniors. They, they, they came to my office pretty early um, after I was hired. Like school didn't even start yet. And they both drove down and came to my office and they were coached and, and they're like, whatever you need, just let us know and we'll make it happen. And I was like, fantastic news you know so yeah i was pretty fortunate to have two guys that i knew i could count on um so it was you know i don't think you know a lot of times when, when, when there's a coaching change that necessarily doesn't happen you know like we didn't have like a lot of attrition or you know that we I, I i have a great a great crew of guys no it certainly sounds like it you know and, and obviously it's you know you you start off the season you go nine and three which is obviously very good um and then you get into the the craziness with covid hits and everything but you're still having a job to, to do the recruiting and bring people yeah. in and you know i follow the program on social media it seems like you're, you're still bringing in good talent and have a lot of uh really exciting things to get look you know look forward to moving forward but how strange was it to have your first real like recruiting experience in this weirdness of uh of the covid era it was it was an adjustment, man, and <laughs> it, it was an adjustment, to, you know, to, to say the least, you know. And, of course, like, I did, you know, like, our freshman class now is my first class, but I started late. Like, I started in August, and, you know, yep. the guys that we brought in are awesome. But this past, you know, th- this cycle going on right now was my first, like, full cycle where I could really bear down and start, you know, get, get a full year or so of, like, recruiting these guys. And then, of course, you know, got to go to state tournaments and you know we went to you know jersey pa maryland and really you know got to you know scout and see the guys that that we wanted to see and and then all of a sudden everything shuts down yep right and so man and you know but i want to say like like have you know i don't want to say it's a blessing because obviously it's not but but having zoom to to be able to like to to connect with these kids you know like I'm talking to a kid on a Tuesday at one in the afternoon. Like yeah. I would not be able to do that otherwise, yeah. you know, if this wasn't going on. So, and then we also, our sinus opened up for one-on-one visits in July. Oh, nice. So, which was fantastic because most schools weren't open. So we were able, and there's only, they're only scheduling a certain amount of kids a day and making sure that, that, you know, it was being done right. And, um, that was an absolute blessing because, we, we were able to get a lot of guys on campus and, and really they got a lot of one-on-one te- um, um, attention and just got to show, show them everything and really sit and talk and tell them what, 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 what we're about. And, you know, I, I feel for kids now that, that are seniors because they, some campuses that of schools that they want to see, they can't get on. Like I was talking to a um, recruit today and, you know, he's dying to come for an overnight visit because he loves the place. But, you know, getting to know the guys on the team and what the school is actually like is is a whole is like the next level and unfortunately a lot of guys just aren't getting to have that experience you know and so yeah. that's you know 
it's unfortunate and I can only tell them so much about the school. So that's just something that a lot of guys that are, that are seniors are dealing with right now. But, um, yeah, it, I mean, it, overall it's been good. We're happy with the way it's gone so far. You know, our, um, actually our, our numbers for kids that applied early action is, is, is almost double than, than, than last year. So we have a lot of guys excited, a lot of guys interested, and now it's just going to be a matter of seeing how it plays out. Well, and uh, how much of your recruiting pitch – so I used to uh, do a lot of work in Philadelphia. I always stayed in mm-hmm. Exton. Um, so how much oh, – yeah. How much are you? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recruiting pitch is we're not in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's, <laughs> it's actually, it's so funny you say that because we talk about that a lot where we we are in like a suburban town that where there's, you know, we have a main street. There's a ton to do. Yeah. And most schools that are our size, like our, our, our student body is 1,600 kids. Right. Like, yeah. Right, That's it's really small. small, right? Yeah, it's and small. But, but but most schools that are that size are in like urban centers, like a King's College in Wilkesbury, or you know, or like a school like York, or you know, Lycoming. They're in like these little these little cities within Pennsylvania. We're not in a city. We're but we're also not in the middle of nowhere. Right, right. Like we are in a suburban town. We're only twenty miles from 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 downtown Philly. And, you know, there's another town five miles away called um, Phoenixville that's got, like, an awesome main street with, with restaurants and shops and stuff to do. So there's lots for the for, for, for all the students to do in the area. You know, like Valley Forest, Na- Valley Forest National Park is 10 minutes away. Um, King, King of Prussia Mall is 15 minutes away. It's the second largest mall in the country. So there's just, like, an unbelievable amount of stuff to do, and that's a huge part of our pitch because – Sometimes, like, like you love the campus of a school and you love what the school has to offer and you feel like it's a great fit, but then you walk a, a block away and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Well, I, I, I ref college wrestling and, and some of these college campuses are cool and I enjoy visiting them, but then I, I drive away from them and I'm like, wow, this is middle of nowhere though. Like this yeah. is this is like really really middle of nowhere. Like that's a cool little college campus I was on, but man, if I was there for six months, seven months, eight months, or whatever, or living there twelve months of the year, I'd be bored out of my freaking mind. And um, having spent time in the greater Philadelphia area, like I said, I always I always chose a hotel in Exton because King of Prussia and Valley Forge and you know, all that stuff was around there. So, you know, it, it was a great area. So yeah, you're, you're kind of right in that mix. So yeah, that is a, that is a fantastic location to beat the drum out of when you're talking to recruits. Yeah. It's, it's a huge benefit. And to, and, and, and what's nice when most guys come, well, I guess it depends on where they're, they're coming from, but they usually come off the turnpike, which means they have to drive through all of that. Right. You know, right. For, you know, so, so, so they see all of it. When, when they get there, and a lot of times it's funny when, like, parents will come for, like, an you know, the kid will come for, like, an overnight visit, 
you know, tell the parents, hey, you, you should stay stay in King of Prussia. It's 10 minutes away. It's perfect. And then they're like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I remember driving back from Jersey one time. My buddy and I went all the way through the Pennsylvania Turnpike and got to the end. And I was like, hey, do you have any money? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up having like a $60 bill that had to get oh, sent yeah, to our house. Pricey, man. Yeah. Good times. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, obviously this season's going to be a little crazy with, with everything going on and trying to figure out what it's going to look like. But assuming it moves forward with, uh, you know, some relative sense of, of normalcy, right? I mean, what, what are the goals that you have in place for, for this team and, and this season? Well, this team, you know, we're, we're bringing back eight of our starters from last year, and all eight of them are, are point scorers at the regional tournament last year. Nice. You know, and we made some huge jumps from the previous year. So we, 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 so we, the previous year, we only had two medalists. They were both gone when, when I came in. So I had zero returning medalists at the regional tournament. This past year, we had four. And we almost doubled our points from the previous year. Nice. Every point score is coming back. So we have eight guys coming back, and they are, man, they made such big jumps last year, and we know that we can make a lot of noise in that tournament. And our region is just incredibly deep with with, with, with talent. And, you know, it's last year, we we finished 10th last year, tied for 10th, I believe. And, you know, the, the top five teams are all all like top twenty teams. Yeah, it's a, it is a it is an incredibly tough region, and we're excited to start getting into that mix of into that top five, you know. And we know it's not a matter of if we get there; it's a matter of when we get there. Like yep. we're, we're going to get there. It's just we just it's just a matter of when. And that's you know when when I talk to guys that we are interested in in coming to resign us that that's part of the talk. It's like hey, I understand that I need guys like you to get me there but i'm telling you we're going to get there yeah and it's just a matter if you want to be a part of it or not exactly hey there's this, this is where the competition is we'd love yep. you on our side to to increase the competition and beat the competition yeah and that's just it and that's just gonna make us better you know and you know like we could you know be in a different region that's not as competitive and send and, and it could have had like some immediate su- success of sending two three kids to nationals but I don't think they would have been as prepared to 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 go out there and, and be an all American. Whereas if we're in in this Mideast region that's incredibly competitive, you know, now they've been battle tested. And what, once we start punching a bunch of tickets to nationals, these guys are ready. Yep. No, I, I love you it. Know, so we're um, we're we're hopeful for for a season to happen because we know that this team is ready to rock and roll and put us on the map. I like it. No, it definitely sounds like you guys are, are poised for a big year. Um, and, and, you know, it's fun just following you guys on social media. Like, it certainly sounds like your fans of the program are, are really pumped as well uh, to, to see what's going to happen this year. And uh, so we're, we're excited to follow you guys and, and obviously give you guys some shout-outs and, and, you know, as much exposure as we can. Uh, before we ended the call, though, I definitely wanted to – so, again, going back to Philadelphia – when I met you, uh, it was introduced to me that, that your wife is a professional singer. And that's one yes. of those things where you meet somebody and you're like, somebody says that and you're like, dude, you're bullshitting me. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not the case. But in this situation, it is. Yeah, she is. She's, she, she's a professional singer. She's, uh, 
she actually grew, grew up that way. Her father, um, my father-in-law, is is a professional drummer, and he used to tour up and down the the East Coast. He used to, you know, he used to drum for Daryl Hall and from from Hall and Oates. And, yeah, you know, and he he made a living of it, and and uh, you know, and so my wife kind of kind of grew up in that environment. She had a natural talent that she worked on, and and of course, right now her her brother is a fantastic guitarist, and they um she was originally in a band with with her father. Uh, that they, they they put an album out. It was called Brookshire in the Forty Fives. It was a blues rock band. And then um, after that, uh, they they went on to a different project. It was it was my wife, her father, and her brother Ryan had a had a, another rock band. Um, and they had they had, they they played all you know all over the area. My wife's had uh, opening gigs for she opened uh, for Eddie Money one time. Nice. Uh, at a local show. I'll, I'll send you guys a link to it. It's pretty great. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun. But she had a ball doing it, man. And you know, and she's 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 had some like really really you know great experiences and gigs. But we, um, yeah, but she sang the national anthem at the NCAA's b- before the finals. Yep, yep, that year um, in Philly. Yeah, that was and, awesome. Yeah, at NCAA's, and of course, you know, she crushed it. You know, and she just—I mean, I think I was more nervous than she was. Um, but she was just unbelievable, and she just does, can, continues to do a fantastic job. You know, she sings. You know, now you know she'll do some. She'll do the national anthem be, be, before um, our sinus matches, and of course now every coach is like, "Hey, uh, can you give us like your wife's schedule? Because <laughs> we would love to have her do that for our games." Yeah, um, that's better than the like DVD or CD we throw in to the system beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she's got this funny thing where it's like. She wants me to ask her. Like yeah. I can't just assume that she's going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So I have to like ask, and and even now, like we'll we'll we'll, we'll go to a Princeton match uh, when when we can, and someone will say like, "Hey, are you going to sing the national anthem?" And she'll look at me. She's like, "Nobody asked me." And I'm like, "Oh my god." If they knew we were coming, they would definitely ask you. And I will. Do you want me to ask them? And she's like, "No, no, no. It's fine." But she usually ends up doing it now, still at Princeton matches every now and again. Um, but yeah, man, she's, she's awesome. She does a fantastic job. What's really funny is over the years, like, you know, for a while she did every Princeton home match and it got to the point where, you know, a ref would come over and say hi, we would talk for a few minutes and, and they'd go, Hey, is your wife going to sing the national anthem? And I'm like, ah, oh, no, she can't tonight, man. Cause she's like, she's got a gig and, and, and by the time I turn around, the guy's gone. He's like, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I became like the singer's husband who happens to coach. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. No, she she uh, she definitely crushed it in Philly, and um, it's obviously a great thing to uh, – another recruiting pitch, right? Like, hey, we're going to have some pretty badass national anthems, so get ready. Yeah. But, um, yeah, get fired up. And I didn't tell any of the guys on the team either at our sinus when, when we had like our first duel at home. And a couple guys were like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, "Oh my god, that was awesome!" I just didn't bother telling them. I thought I wanted to wait and see see what their uh, reaction was. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, awesome, man. Well, hey, again, you know, just uh, it was it was when I texted Marty, you know, hey, having having Joe Jameson on and and what you know, uh, give me some some thoughts and, and him as a coach and everything like that. It was immediately he he texted right back like, "Yeah, man, he he." was as committed and dedicated to the athletes and their success as, as any of the other guys in, in the program there. And, uh, it definitely comes through in your, your enthusiasm 
for for the sport. And uh, we're really excited to have you on the podcast and uh, certainly looking forward to watching what you're able to do there um, this year and, and moving forward. I appreciate you guys having me on, and I'll keep following you as well. I promise that if we wrestle this year, I will, uh, our first opportunity, I'll have a Blood Rounds RTC t-shirt underneath my shirt and tie. <laughs> there we go, man. Love it. There we go. Love I appreciate it. it. We appreciate I'm it, buddy. a proud member. Don't you worry. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, we'll catch you later. All right, guys. Take care. All right. See ya. All right. And that was Coach Joe Jameson from Ursinus. Follow Ursinus at U-R-S-I-N-U-S-W. That's uh, their handle on Twitter. You can follow him individually at Joseph M. Jameson, Jameson, J-A-M-I-S-O-N, on the Twitter machine as well. Good dude. Um you just tell. You just tell he's a good dude. And he gets you fired up, and you can see why. Um, you got to love a guy, too, just like coaching middle school, coaching youth groups, coaching all that stuff. And then the next thing you know, he's a D3 head coach. And if he does well at this, who knows? Maybe he uses this thing as a stepping stone. But he's a Philadelphia guy originally. Maybe this is his dream of job, and he's not going anywhere. I'm not trying to say anything like that. But, I mean, obviously – the coaching ranks, we're not all Kale Sanderson, okay? We, we can't all just, like, go, hey, I was undefeated in college and I got an Olympic gold medal. Uh, can I coach here now? There's um, not more of those. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you, you hear the passion. You see the resume. And if I was an athletic director at a university and I saw, like, all the youth practices and all that stuff that he went to coaching middle school, Coaching all those smelly middle schoolers and everything like that and getting more turnout, I mean, that's the stuff that impresses you more than, like, more than the Princeton. Like, the Princeton stuff's cool. Right. I mean, you need the credibility at that level. But, yeah, at the ground level, be able to get that much more excitement for the sport is huge. Yeah, and obviously this is a guy that people want to follow. Yeah. Uh, So, no, that's really awesome, really, really fun that was a fun interview. I enjoyed that. It, it's it's funny the way that the world works. Again, 10 years ago at a bar in Philadelphia, just kind of shooting the shit and talking about wrestling and whatnot, and then here we are. Here we is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have an event this weekend. Yes. It's on Flow Wrestling, which seems to be in the news a lot the last few days. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not to really get into that too much, but... Um, uh, so this is Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Flow Wrestling. Some interesting matches. Uh, this is not a mini tournament. Um, they have another mini tournament coming up later on. I, I don't have that date off the top of my head. But um, some interesting matches to burn through here real quick. I mean, we kind of went long there with Coach, so... Um, Kyvan Gadsden and Colin Moore, these have been close matches, relatively close matches. Uh, Colin Moore has gotten the better of them the last two matches. And then not just that, but the interesting thing was the parterre offense was actually the difference, at least to blow the match open, um, their last time meeting. And Kyvan Gadsden has looked good. Gadsden has looked like you expect him to going into the Olympic year. Like, he's he's fired up. He's ready to go. He's yeah. in shape. He looks good. 
And so for Colin Moore to win those two matches against them is a really, really big feather in the cap. Um, to make it three in a row would be you know, even more impressive. So uh, another interesting matchup where these two guys are going to lock horns. Well, it's funny because the first time those two met, Moore got the win. I shouldn't say the first time. The, the first time that I'm thinking of, right? Not the most recent time, but the time before that. Sure. Uh, more, more won, but it was it was almost like you hate to say somebody stole a match, but it was like, hey, he kind of. I, I don't feel like it was. Like I feel like Kyvan just kind of let it go, and Moore stole the match. Got to the next one. This last one, it was not that. I expected Kyvan Gadsden to go out there, exact revenge, and do what he you expect him to do. So. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen, you know, so you'll see what adjustments are made be- between these two guys. And you got to love two guys who are obviously, like, top guys at the weight getting after it, <laughs> going after each other again, right? So that's exciting. Uh, did Colin Moore chase Kyle Snyder from the Ohio RTC? Is he too good? Is that what happened? Was Colin Moore beating up Kyle Snyder? Probably not. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> Probably not. In the it's funny fight. how I'm siding with the guy in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the other guy in Ohio is pretty good, too, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox. Senior Cox. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, another interesting one there. Um, a women's match, Kayla Miracle and Anna Godinez from Canada. She actually won the NWCA championship for Simon Fraser. Uh, Simon Fraser is in like the Vancouver area, but they compete D2, I believe, in NCAA sports. So they do compete in NWCA. Um, Isn't that where Helen went? For a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe. And. Don't believe they've ever met before. They were both in the bracket in Kazakhstan last year, but they did not meet. So this could be a uh, interesting measuring stick for for both of them. Haven't seen a ton of them this year, so that's a nice match. That's a nice uh, should be on the same level match. Uh, yeah, a pan- win for each would be a nice little statement. Pan Am teams, you know, all good stuff. Yeah, I still want our. USA versus Canada duel in Windsor every year. Yeah, why not? I know. Like, uh, I'll sign up. <laughs> I'll throw down. Let's go, Josh. <laughs> I was more talking about on the women's side of things. Oh, like okay. It would, it would gotcha. be fun. To, you know, women's teams, you know, USA versus Canada every year in Windsor. I don't care. Kayla's legit, though. I, I think that – I think Kayla does win this outright. Kayla's a beast. You know, this is really the – we expected Forrest Molinari to come down to 62. It looks like she's staying up, which puts her against world champion Tamira Mensa stock, um, which I can't wrap my head around unless she really thinks she can't make the weight. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Kayla was a U23 world silver medalist, um, Two-time junior world bronze medalist, like she's she's got some credentials, so should be. Uh, I'd imagine she's the favorite, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Sasso and Tyler Berger, you know Berger had like a really nice win over McKenna, of course. In a cage. 
in a ca- <laughs> in a cage and you know not and he's bigger he's he's significantly bigger yeah. um and he's probably significantly bigger than Sasso as well so this is um you know Sasso had a great year though he he was a you know for for a freshman you know nothing to really complain about if you're Ohio State like no. I mean Sasso was everything you wanted um unless you're like some crazy fan that, you know, wanted him to be Kale Sanderson and just be an undefeated four-time champion. But um, what a disappointment, Sammy Sasso. <laughs> the one. <laughs> the, Some assholes said that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one seed at Big Tens as a freshman. Yeah, yeah. terrible. Uh, <laughs> but um, so this will be interesting. I mean, Berger has the size advantage, and, and we've seen him do really well. Um Obviously, beating McKenna is still, a, you know, no small task. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty interesting match. It, it, I, so I'm, I I'm looking forward to seeing Sasso. I'm going back to Berger being the one of the biggest 157-pounders I've ever seen in my life, you know, and this is three pounds higher than that. So I imagine he'll still look enormous at 160. Um, Sasso was, was, I think he was cutting a lot to get to 149. So, I mean, the size advantage won't be, I think, as drastic as it was with McKenna. Um, I think you might even see Sasso at 157 this year, depending on what's going on with, um, him and weight cuts and, and Ecomendia and stuff like that and kind of how that lineup unfolds. But, um, you know, Berger's a adult man who trains with Jordan Burroughs every day and, Sammy Sasso is a true sophomore who doesn't train with Jordan Burroughs every day. So I'm going to go Berger. Is he a true sophomore? I thought it might be a third uh, I'm year. I'm sorry. Yeah, he is a third year. He did redshirt, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My mistake. Um, Allie Reagan and Lauren Lovey. Uh, I still don't know if I ever say that correctly. Louvre. Louvre. The Louvre. I, I think it's pronounced Lauren. <laughs> um, Lauren. Allie Reagan has taken care of business with Lauren in the past, of course. Um, I think they were training partners in Iowa. They were. They were. Um, yeah, of course, uh, you know, Lauren's coming off a very impressive U.S. Open finish where she uh, took care of bu- business against the upstart Yochil Motopetis, who was the one who pinned Allie Reagan. True. So um, for... Allie Reagan to get back on the snide here basically is uh, interesting to see. You know, hopefully she's motivated, ready to go, and judging by everything we've seen, she she is. So this should be a nice win for her to get her uh, sea legs back underneath her. Yep. If if you will. Um, the theory of transitive properties. Therefore, <laughs> Lauren is better than Allie, but I don't think that works yeah. here. No. Um. Giangelo Hancock versus Alan Vera. So Alan Vera right now is going to be a good match. Yeah, sitting on top at 87, and uh, Hancock is sitting on top at 97. So nice. uh, Vera, you know, beating up Joe Rao, which is no easy task in any style. So the weird thing about Vera, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I did read this thing from, I think it was from the five-point throw guys um, a couple months back. I think it was right before, uh, whatever, what was that last tournament where he beat Joe Rao? The it U.S. Was, Open. U.S. Open, yeah. Yeah, senior nationals, so whatever. The way I understand it is that Vera um, defected from somewhere else and 
it was like questionable whether or not he was even going to be Cuba from Cuba. Okay, so he's like he's a legit dude. He's absolutely world class. Uh, so was Giangelo Hancock. Both of these guys. I mean, like you said, uh, having beaten Rao is is an impressive thing in and of itself. Evidently, he's beaten Rao plenty of times, and now he's on the U.S. team or U.S. citizenship or something like that. So he's, it's going to be an awesome match. I'm very excited to watch that Greco match. Which right, is, and it's it's not going to be the cage thing where they choreograph some throws early or something like that. Like, this is a legit match, and it should be a nice high-flying one with some good points. Yeah. Hancock doesn't need to choreograph shit. He's going <laughs> to throw whoever the fuck he can get his arms locked around, and, and Vera the same. So um, expect a lot of points. You mentioned Akamendia. He's going to be facing Evan Henderson. So you have one of these young guys versus veteran matchups, which has been some of the fun of a lot of these barnstorming events. Is yeah. We've seen some of these you know, really young guys versus veterans where um, we've seen the veterans win out in several cases, which is great, fun, fun. Also, it's a credit to the veterans because it means they're keeping up their training. It means they're still at a high level. It means they're not just you know, sort of living the assistant coach life or whatever, where, yeah. you know, they, they get in for a couple goes or they wait for the guys to get tired. Then they go in for yeah. a go, yeah, yeah. you know, which is exactly what I would do. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not going out there against a fresh Mason Paris. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember the idea. Marty said one time I was telling him about, I was at a practice and I was doing, you know, I took a shot on somebody. He goes, you still take shots. <laughs> and I was like, uh yeah, he's like oh, I stopped doing that years ago. <laughs> oh, all right. So you just stand there. He's like yeah, hold position, get a good tie up, feel confident, let them make a mistake, take down Marty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, makes sense. Um, not quite there yet. I mean, so we've seen the young guys make statements. The uh, I wish I would have prepared this monologue earlier today because now i feel like a jackass the penn state guy beating the minnesota guy beating up far oh yeah yeah, yeah. the one 174 guy who was behind mark hall and then, it wasn't uh, far it was um skatska skatska yeah, yeah, yeah other pale white minnesota guy yeah, yeah right <laughs> well and then they, they had the other guy whose name i also can't remember who beat uh kyle shoop yeah so uh, yeah exactly um but then you saw where, you know, Bryce Meredith t- takes care of business, which is why I'm drinking free Killians yes. right now. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, so you've seen a, a few matches like that as well. So um, an interesting one here. I honestly haven't watched Ekamendia wrestle anybody that I didn't really think it was just sort of man among boys kind of stuff. Like your age group, you're big and strong and you're – throwing dudes around like we've seen that not really translate before um so evan henderson's a hell of a test where i'm very fascinated about the match from from everything i've heard about ekamendia i i've i've watched his matches and i i i get what you're saying i think he fucking destroys evan henderson really yes wow I have I, I find everything he posts on social media the most cringeworthy thing outside of AJ Ferrari. <laughs> but 
like his, his this dude's Planet Fitness selfies are just fucking hysterical. But he's going to destroy Evan Henderson. So I play FIFA in career mode. Uh-huh. And this I do the same for NBA 2K. Yep. My number is 69. <laughs> well, no, mine is more managerial. Oh, okay. okay. You know, not just like one player. Yeah. Um, And my central midfielder is this guy named Ferrari. And his uh-huh. name is Alessio Ferrari. Recruited him when he was like 16 out of Italy. Ah. Now he's like 20. And it's he's illegal. Um, now he's like 20 and he's awesome and so it just always cracks me up when Ferrari does something cringe worthy the real (laughs) the real AJ Ferrari because I I'm you know, on the weekends in the morning before the kids wake up, I'm like, fuck yeah, Ferrari. Get him. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a nice shot. That's a nice finish. Like, look at you, Ferrari. Like, I'm I'm all. Been nurturing I'm, you for years. Oh, yeah. I'm all about Ferrari. He, he Just special place in my heart. And then I turn on Twitter and I'm like, what the fuck, Ferrari? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's quite the dichotomy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just I just loved uh, uh, Gabe Townsell. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> just posted the video of the dude dancing. Uh, yeah, good times. Yeah. So, but yeah, Ekamendia is a, an absolute monster. Um, it, it, it's, and I I really don't mean like I feel like this is gonna come away as like super shitty on Evan Henderson, who is an accomplished guy domestically and and on the freestyle scene. Um, I've. I know people who've worked out with Ekamendia and and has have said that this is a different breed of freak. So seems fair. Um, then we got Jordan Burroughs and Zahid. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right, so this is going to come off as blasphemy, <laughs> and I'm aware of that. Um, but I think wrestling Zahid Valencia who I've said before has is coming in here with a chip on his shoulder. He wants something to prove. He didn't get to finish out his last season, whether that's his fault or, or not, right? Like you still come back to compete and to wrestle. And this guy's a gamer. He's beaten some incredible people. He's got freestyle success and he's 20 pounds heavier than where Jordan Burroughs competes. You know, he's cutting to that. I just I I I think he can win the match. I want to take a side tangent here. Did you see Imar taking exception a little bit with I did Burroughs. Yeah. Well, and and, the and, and I, sort of saying like, hey, you had some troubles with the scale there, and I didn't care. I was I was a gentleman about it. Um, that was interesting. It was. I don't, you know, because Imar is not the guy. Imar has always been very, very straightforward. Very, you know, he's he's not the sensationalist. He's he's not your um, Twitter personality or anything like that. Really, like right. I mean, he's. I mean, yeah, he'll celebrate when he wins a match over Jason Nolf or something like that. But I mean, you know, so would I. Yeah. Uh, Usually show up, take care of business, sort of a guy, right? Yeah. So for him to say that, that was that was pretty interesting. That was um. Well, and and yeah, that was interesting. And and who knows? Like I don't. And that, to me, that's one of those things where it's like, well, why do you even bring it up? You know, like 
if you didn't bring it up then, what's the point of bringing it up now? And like, I, I didn't hear the context with which uh, JB or, or Jordan, I guess, should, uh, said he was a quality opponent. That sounds like a compliment to me, but like maybe he said it in a derogatory or shitty way. Like, but I don't know. Maybe you're trying to fire yourself up for. I mean, we've said already. Imar should not be overlooked. He's no. taken a match from Jordan Burroughs. And all three of those matches were close. Right, right. So he definitely shouldn't be overlooked. He is a quality opponent in the <laughs> most like legitimate form of that phrase, right? So um but yeah, that that was weird, but um I don't like the length with Zahid if I'm betting on Burroughs. Yeah. If you're asking me to dig deep into my pocketbook right now, I'm like, ooh, I don't like that length. I mean, that that ankle pick he hit on Dake that they, you know, flow through that highlight out there, that's that's nasty. Like that's that's length. Like that's um, that's tough. Ooh, that is there. There is the uh, oh, that was lighter. That was the lighter weight. That was seventy kilograms, right? It was seventy nine. Seventy nine. That's right. Oh, yeah, 70s uh, James Green. This is a problem for me. <laughs> even so. You have been getting better. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. But I just, I don't know. I think it'll be a high-scoring match. I think the I, size... I, I expect Zahid to score. I expect Jordan Burroughs to take care of business. But it is interesting, the the length here. And it's just one match. It's just, yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's not the uh, it's not the three-match series. Um where, in all fairness to Imar for taking Jordan Burroughs to three matches, I think Jordan Burroughs had just more in the tank in the third match than Imar did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and yeah. at some point too, you 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 get in your head. I'm sure on some level, I would. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't speak for uh, the quality opponent that was Isaiah Martinez. <laughs> but you know, at some point, you're like, all right, this is for the spot, and it's against. One of the all-time greats. It's against Jordan Burroughs. But yeah. that's why I'm here with a microphone in my hand and I'm not training. That's why he's in our skit that we brought up last week about the people who never got their spots because oh, yeah. of the legends of yeah. our sport. Yes. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe he gets it this year. Who knows? Who knows? That'd be a hell of a run. We have a fair process for it. We do. We do indeed. I like it. But, yeah, should be some fun wrestling this weekend. I'm pumped. Yeah. Ready as always. I mean, shit. We got more to talk about. Look at that. And who knows? Um, I know Grandview wrestled some duels over the weekend. Nice. You know, I don't know. Maybe my theory of one of these random community college opens or NAIA opens is all of a sudden going to turn into a lot of D1 competitors really quickly. Yeah. I don't know. It's the Wild West out there right now. Coronavirus numbers are all over the place. I, You know, fuck if I know. Yeah. I mean, you know, just weird, weird times. But um, you got a parent corner this week? I do. I do. It's very brief, but actually, you know what? This actually helps because it gives me a chance to shout out um, – Additional wrestling going on this weekend. Gardner Webb. Uh, oh, good work, good work. Thank their, you. Uh, Inter squad duels: uh, red versus black. 
going on. I believe it's on ESPN Plus this weekend, and for, it's on Sunday. So take a look for that. Um, it'll be cool to watch those guys compete, and it's always good to watch some wrestling. And um, they got a lot of good guys coming back, so check that out. Um, but yeah, so I was on Twitter, and uh, Daniel Elliott, um, the the head coach there, uh, had posted how it's it's. You know, what did he say? I'm trying to find it right now. All right, when you grow up in a wrestling room, you get to work on your ninja skills every day, right? And his son's running, climbing this wall, grabbing a rope, swinging from it. Like, just, that's like heaven for my son, for, for Cortland, right? <laughs> so, uh, Cortland turns seven uh, this Friday the 13th here, and uh, we already have plans to take him to this ninja park uh, that's that's down the road from us. So, he'll be doing that, but I showed him that, and he was like... I will go to wrestling practice. Like you just need to take me. Like he was like, <laughs> he was like mad at me for never taking him to wrestling practice. And I'm like, no man, like you don't get it. We were gonna go, but yeah. So soon enough. But I, I like the fact that there's. He's like he's he was so genuinely angry with me that he hasn't gone yet. That I'm like, okay, this is real. This is this is happening. Be prepared. So yeah, that's it. No, that is awesome. It is funny, like, just the nature of boys to want to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, they they just want it, to – it's funny, like, Adam Carolla talks about some of that stuff where it's like, what's the worst thing you can do to boys? Sit them down in a classroom <laughs> and just tell them they need to just sit still and learn stuff. Like, every fiber of their being wants to run around and – and learn stuff and do things with their hands and, you know, and everything like that. Like it's, it's, it's pretty entertaining to, um, to sort of think about that because yeah, every fiber of your fucking being does not want to be sitting there in that classroom. No. And, uh, yeah. So he sees that video and he's just like, well, I want to be there. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Well, I haven't Come on, dad. There. Come on, dad. Jesus. I thought you liked me. I know. Right. <laughs> Uh, I, um, I don't know. Um, mine isn't great, but so my, my daughter been taking it easy on my daughter with parent corners in the last couple months. Um, but, uh, so she turned 12 on August 4th when she started the year. I think she was five foot even. She's gotta be five foot seven, maybe five foot eight at this point. Yeah. So I keep calling her baby giraffe because <laughs> she seems to have these legs and arms that she has zero control over. Just, yeah, wacky uh, arm flailing inflatable uh, tube man. But Pretty much. Yeah. Like, so we have the baby gate like blocking off the hallway right there. Um, she basically destroys it every time she goes to go over it. Um, she drops food everywhere. Uh, she's, she runs into things and makes noise, which is great. Cause the baby just went down and now yeah. all of a sudden, like there's a door that slams or whatever. And, and you're just like, Oh, come on. You know, like, um, but yeah, it's like, she has these limbs that she has zero control over whatsoever. And, you know, clothes, who knows? Like, I mean, you know, hey, Chloe, do we need to go shopping for something? Like, what do you need? 
And she's kind of like, well, I don't know. We could go to the mall or whatever. And it's just like, I don't want to fucking go to the mall. Can we just go somewhere and buy you some jeans and yeah. some pants, maybe some shirts? Like, I don't, it's just, it's a mess. So it's it's legit like baby giraffe. Like, like this thing just got birthed. It has way too long of arms and legs to know what to handle, and not much he can do about it. I will say, uh, I, I, I'm not. I had long legs. Like I feel like I went from being relatively short to like average height pretty quickly. So like I was a little gangly and stuff too. Not quite to this effect, <laughs> but, but it was like it did happen. I always felt like. My legs are longer than they should be. My arms are longer than they should be. <laughs> but so it takes a little while to 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 get into. But uh, yeah, she'll get there. She'll get there. Yeah, I mean she's only twelve and three months now. I mean she's she's I mean it's still pretty young. But yeah. it's just so funny too because it's like she stands up next to you and you're like, holy crap, you're like five eight maybe now. Like I mean you're you're tall. Like you're just. You're not that small anymore, and uh, yeah, then she's a tornado around here, which I already have one tornado. I have a fucking 14-month-old, about to be 15-month-old son destroying the place as he, well. He so. does not have the tall and gangly problem. No, no. <laughs> he's just Sick. a fucking tank. <laughs> Even though he still is like 95, 96% in height, too, so he just... Uh, I thought you were going to say pounds. <laughs> He's not a fat kid. He's just a he's just a fire hydrant. Yeah, um, but he cracks me up too. Uh, so um, Courtney had the day off, and as we were mentioning in the beginning of this episode, with the unseasonably nice weather, um, she, she brought him to the park yesterday, and she's like, "It's so funny because there's like two and three year olds running around here, like climbing things and talking and everything like that." And she's like. Our son looks like a moron because he's bigger <laughs> than size. them. He's bigger than them. <laughs> penguin waddling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just kind of running around, you know, doing his thing. But he's he's not like climbing things. He doesn't know what to do on the playground. Yeah. He's not speaking in full sentences or anything like that. I mean, he says ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's about that's it. The most important thing. Yeah, that's ball. What's this? Yeah. You know. Go go when yeah. he needs to go. You know that's about it. So, well, good times, man. This was uh, this is a fun episode. Glad we got um, Coach Jameson in here from Ursinus. Follow him. Follow us. Just follow wrestling. Enjoy yourselves. We got some good wrestling going on this Saturday. That should give us some good fodder for next week. And we'll just we'll just keep coming at you anyways. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's awesome. Thanks again for joining us for another fun episode of Blood Round, and we will be back next week. Rock on.